Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. What is going on, everybody? The interns are back here for no matter what. The last, the last pod, um, last or pregame pod of the year, um, Washington playing in the national championship against the Michigan Wolverines. I guess Luke, just to kick. I mean, it's we've obviously been through a whirlwind of emotions this season with a num- numerous amount of games, but where's this one rank at? Uh, obviously, it's got to be one. Um, there's just, I don't know. It's surreal. I was doing some reflection today just on how, uh, I'm sure you feel the same way growing up really in pretty much the dark era of Husky football. And then since we've been in school, uh, the Huskies have made four new year, six bowl appearances. Um, they actually got one done last week and have an opportunity to win the first championship since 1991, um, which would be unreal. I know it's just crazy because, you know, we grew up, we weren't, I guess, in the, what the glory days is, you know, Husky yeah. fans say, you know, in the na- early nineties when, you know, this team was just a national powerhouse, national titles, Rose bowls, all that stuff, you know, and sure we got to experience, you know, going to some of those games, like you said, in college, you know, the Rose bowl fiesta bowl, but, you know, it just felt like we never were even obviously the CFP and peach bowl too, but it just felt like there was a different hurdle we hadn't mm-hmm. climbed over yet. And it finally feels like, we climbed over that hurdle and our experience, the first outright national title, um, have the chance to win the first outright national title in school's history, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just crazy stuff. And, you know, even thinking back two years ago, who would have thought that we would not only be here in the national t- title game, if you're looking at two years ago, and then also that Kalen DeBoer would be the guy to do it too. Totally. You know, I think people had a mixed mixed feelings about that hire immediately. Obviously, was known as an offensive genius, but you know Matt Campbell, Dave Aranda, Dave Clawson, those were guys people were hoping to get. And they, we get Kalen DeBoer, and it turns out, man, this guy just has the right keys to the to the right car, man, and he's just driving this like a machine already. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Like you said, lots of I guess kind of mixed thoughts, or at least curiosity around who the candidate would be. And I think a lot of people, I don't know. I mean, just to be fully honest, I think as a fan going through it, I, I, at, at least at a time, I thought Matt Campbell was <laughs> kind of like the top coaching can- candidate yeah. available. Um, and I'm so happy to be proven as wrong as I have been. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like I remember at the beginning of that process, I was just like, Oh, you know, kind of hope we get Campbell. Yeah. And it's then you hear like, oh, this Kalen DeBoer guy's in the mix. You're like, who the heck yeah. is he? Like, you know, we need a bigger fish. You know, you we need one of these top guys that are out there, you know, pay him the bag, whatever. But turns out we got our guy, and you know, hopefully he's here for a long time because this might be, you know, not not all of his players that that he's coaching, but I think he's for sure the right guy at the helm. 
Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And then obviously they have, uh, I think it's funny that you mentioned it. You couldn't have thought this was possible a couple of years ago. Well, more than two years ago, two years, maybe three months ago, the Huskies took on this very Michigan team that they'll be facing uh, and got just absolutely shellacked. You and I were both there 31-10 in the big house. Um, and I think that's another, uh, I guess, opportunity to measure the difference in yeah. how far Washington has come. Um, is like Michigan was a, a playoff team that year and then the next year and then this year as well. Washington has closed that gap. Yeah, um, both teams have a lot of a lot of the same players on their roster still. Yeah, yeah. So um, the Huskies have come a long way. I remember Blake Corum was on that team. Kind of an up and comer. I can't remember who Donovan Edwards was also on that team, right? Was he a freshman that year? He must have been. A, no, they had the. Uh, he might have been a no. He might have been. I think he might be right. He might have been. I'm trying a to remember, but, but regardless, they had another, stud, they, had stud running, they had another stud running back who was kind of splitting carries with Corum that year. I think mm-hmm. I saw Hoskins. That's who it was. That's right. Yes, correct. Edwards was on the team, but was definitely the third back. Um, but nevertheless. Vaskies now are facing Michigan Wolverines. Um, Michigan, number one ranked team in the country. They won in overtime against Alabama, um, a game that statistically they were the better side. They still had to come back and win, though. A couple of mistakes put them in a hole early. They were able to dig their way out. Um, And they are a battle-tested team as well. They've beaten Ohio State now. Um, Iowa, one of the better defenses in the country. And now the Alabama Crimson Tide, who knocked off Georgia earlier this year. Um, Jack, what are kind of your, your initial thoughts of Washington's opponent? Yeah, I think I'm excited uh, for a number of reasons, too. Kind of like all, everything we laid out with having the chance to beat the team that beat you, beat you two years ago in a big setting. But I think this is a great team for Washington to face in the national title. Um, it's a winnable game. I think it's a winnable game. You know, these last couple of years, you know, I don't think Washington, even if they had the team this year that they have, you know, I think it, going up against a Georgia or Alabama with the kind of players that they had on their sidelines would have been a bit much tougher test. And I think this is definitely a winnable team and they um, haven't faced an offense like Washington all year. And when you haven't faced like Washington, an offense like Washington all year, how do you prep for a team like that? You know, who's the best offense they faced Ohio state? Maryland, Alabama, um, all offenses who you probably wouldn't consider elite this year. Ohio State obviously has playmakers, but they don't have a guy slinging the ball downfield like Michael Penix. Mm-hmm. So the best quarterback they face is uh, Jalen Milrow. Yeah, and Talia, Talia. Talia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, this is a different animal for Michigan to face. Uh, and I, I think as we kind of go, we could start offensively. I think because you know Washington, I don't. I, I'm sure we're on the same thing about this. But Washington's got to be able to keep Michael Penix upright and be able to have a, a clean pocket for them to um, move the ball downfield. They can do that. They'll be able to hang with them or or be ahead of them the whole game. But I think I think that offensive line is a huge key. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the offensive line I mean, continues to have a lot of motivation. The national media continues to just feed content to the Washington Huskies, uh, which is crazy. But yeah, I think that's essential. Michigan, I will say, obviously has a very great secondary. Will Johnson is a fantastic corner. Not only is yeah. he great in coverage, he's also a big guy, 6'2", 210 pounds. So he's one of the few that Roman – but Roe Torrance is really the only person I can think of in the Pac-12 that maybe physically 
um, could compare with Romadunze, right? So that will be tough. Mike Sanders still nickelback has five interceptions on the season. Uh, he's another good player. However, and this might be the underlying fan in me, but I think if given time, I think that Washington with their big three receiving options and then Giles Jackson and Dermy Bernard, Jack Westover, Devin Culp, um, it's not a question of whether or not they'll be able to move the ball if Michael Penix has time to throw. I think the Huskies, I mean, I think the Huskies, I know for a fact the Huskies are the best pass offense in the country. It'll be fire against fire uh, when the Huskies have the ball, which will be awesome. Yeah. Oh, no doubt about that. And yeah, got to keep him up, right? You know, Mike Sainer still, as you mentioned, he's a great nickelback, former wide receiver turned cornerback. Um, and he's been nothing but explosive for this team defensively. And, you know, Penix, I feel like if, 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 if you're going to win this game too, got to win the turnover battle and Penix, you know, you think about a lot of the games this year, maybe once, twice, there'll be a throw. He makes Uh Oh, and it's in the wrong mm-hmm. area pick or, you know, he, something bad could happen. Don't want to get it in that guy's area. He is when the ball, when he has a chance to make a play, he'll make a play. And you, you expect him to work up against Jalen McMillan. I think that's a mm-hmm. fascinating watch, matchup to watch. Yeah. But I think, I think a key for Washington offensively is Jalen Polk because it, you know, usually we found out, you know, when Washington has that next guy or, you know, when Jalen Polk's been playing well this year, typically the Washington offense is coming along. And so I think Jalen Polk is, is going to be huge in this game. You know, you expect them to take some shots, a uh, big play JP as Tony Castro likes to say, mm-hmm. needs to come up and make a couple big plays. I think if Washington's to win. Certainly. I, I want to go back to the turnover for thing. Like you said, that'll be essential. I think, like you said, there have certainly been moments throughout his two years at UW where, I mean, I, I think back to a number of games where maybe yeah. an ill-advised throw comes up. And otherwise, I mean, no one doubts that Michael Penix is unbelievable. Exactly. Uh, but I think his game against Texas was, obvi- I mean, it goes without saying, the most unbelievable individual performance I think I've seen in college football as a Husky fan. Um, and he, I cannot recall a, like a throw that was sketchy. In my mind. Yeah. Right? The closest one, the only ball, that a Texas player got their hands on was ended in a touchdown to Jalen Polk. And that was a one-on-one just rifle across the middle. Like I would not consider that a dangerous throw. Um, I don't even think the Texas player got a hand on it. I think Jalen Polk. Really? Yeah. So So, I mean, regardless, I was going to say Michael Penix in like on the brightest stage the Huskies have played on um, was just flawless with the football. And another thing I'll say about Penix um, throughout his career, if you look back to last year against Oregon or this year, both games against Oregon, USC, and now with the Sugar Bowl, when they when Washington needs Michael Penix's best, he brings it um, every time. So that's another thing that I think is mm-hmm. going to be exciting to watch. Um, this is, a, I mean, obviously it goes without saying it is for everybody on the field, but it's a legacy game. <laughs> for, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, Every it is for every single player on the field. <laughs> for sure. And and also, I mean, obviously we've we've talked so much about this offense already. We haven't even got to Dylan Johnson. Yeah. You know, I'm curious to you, because I mean I have some thoughts on this as well. How big of an impact do you feel like Dylan Johnson or you know have a, have a role, whatever you call it, how big of a presence does Dylan Johnson have to make on this game? I think Dylan Johnson 
will well first of all i think he'll be as close to full speed as basically i think he'll be essentially health wise what he has been i don't know if you've heard anything different jack but i mean it sounds like he's in pain but he has been in pain for the last little bit um and it sounds like he's gonna play so i don't think there's anything new to report there i think it's important i want to go back and find this i have notes on it somewhere um but i mean what would you say are the two best offenses that michigan has played this year ohio state and alabama yeah not fair so, I mean, Michigan obviously plays great defense. And then in, uh, I think in these two games, they gave up roughly 3.8-ish yards per carry. That, of course, includes sacks. So it's not like they're getting gouged. But in those two games, they gave up 139.5 on the ground per game. Um, I think the Washington, like Dylan Johnson uh, is, a, is an exceptional running back. I think the Husky offensive line is great, especially in pass protection. But I think that they can move some guys. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Huskies. I mean, they, they rushed for over a thousand or over a hundred against Texas. It required a lot from Michael mm-hmm. Penix, but I, I think that the Huskies will eclipse triple digits rushing the ball. I don't know what you think that might be a hot take, but I think that Dylan Johnson will give the Huskies enough to keep Michigan's defense honest, give them manageable situations um, and keep the sticks moving. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that too. I also think they're going to really try to utilize uh, Tybo Rogers specifically, mm-hmm. um, you know, outside, outside, not in between, outside the tackles. I think that's mm-hmm. where he's best. Um, you could see some sweeps to him. Uh, obviously, it wouldn't be rushing, but I think they're going to swing pass it out to him and whatnot. But Dylan Johnson, yeah, I think, I think, I think you're right. Michigan and it too. Washington's offensive line, kind of like we mentioned earlier, keeps getting picked on for mm-hmm. winning the Joe Moore Award. You know, and this is. Yeah. Best offensive line they faced probably this year as well. So mm-hmm. uh, Washington, I think if they can establish something on the ground, it's really going to open things up in uh, the passing game. You know, Michigan really physical. Yeah. Obviously, that translates from their offensive side of the ball. But you know, if you're able to you know break that some of that physicality down and you know get them in space, I think that's going to be huge. Certainly, I think where Washington needs to uh, there, there's two sides to this, but. I think that Michigan, even I, I think that Washington will be able to move the ball um, without having a stat in front of me, just given that they're giving up 10.2 points a game. I have a feeling that Michigan's hard to punch it in against. Um, I think that Washington, either red zone offense, but I think even more so, like I think Washington with its ability to make explosive plays in the yeah. past game might need to score from a long ways out a time or two. Kind of um, like they did against Texas. Yes. I mean, obviously it didn't end up in a touchdown for JP, but that play was more like that 77 yard throw to JP gives them four tries from two yards out. Uh, I think both the throw to J-Mac and to JP uh, were from outside of the red zone. Um, I, I think Washington will have to do that again. Um, the Huskies got a little tight against, I mean, Texas, just with their ability to clog up the middle, made it hard on Washington in the red zone. I think Michigan will do the same. Um, yeah, but think about think, it. Yeah. Texas is the best team in the nation, supposedly, at that, too. So, yeah, certainly. It's just a thought that I think Washington will have to yeah. be taking shots um, at the end zone once they're in plus territory. <laughs> For sure. Yes. I'm going I'm to say this, though. You you have me on a record saying this. I'm calling my shot. First yeah. touchdown of the game is going to be the Jeremy Bernard end around handoff. You think so? Yep. That's my gut. That's I love a, that's it. My gut. I'll, 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 I'll remember this. <laughs> yeah. it it'll be a, it'll be a Twitter clip once I, once I'm, once I'm right. But uh, <laughs> I have the script to the game. If you didn't know, I won't, I won't okay. spoil anything, but I got the script. Um, okay. Well, you seem to be good spirits. <laughs> I have a good feeling it's a good script. 
it's, it's speaking of scripting, Jack, I think another thing that's important, like Michigan is not a team that moves fast. They're, I think, 122nd in offensive plays run per game. Um, if Washington, like, and the reason I say scripting, I think Washington is one of the best in the country out of the start of the game and out of the second half to put together scoring drives on their first drive, right? Yeah. Washington, I think, has an opportunity, whether or not they start on offense. Like, if they can punch it in on their first drive, I think can put Michigan in an uncertain, like, or an unfamiliar situation, right? Yeah, yeah. I think bridging that gap, too, kind of between the offense and defense, you know, I think Washington, if they're able to control the tempo of the game by that, like you said, get out in front, get a couple, get a touchdown early on, um, and then maybe force Michigan to uh, to a punt, get a field, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. You get seven, ten points ahead. I think that could make Michigan panic. You don't want to play from behind against Michigan or keep it in a super tight game because they are kind of like that boa constrictor where they just mm-hmm. wait for their moment and then then they then they then they collapse you. But if you're mm-hmm. able to get ahead of them, this is a team, Luke, that hasn't came back for more than seven points since 2015. Wow. Obviously, it says a lot about their winning, but it also says if you're able to control the tempo against this Harbaugh against the Harbaugh team, you're able to get up. They're probably not coming back. That's an excellent stat. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential, and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, So when you look at this Michigan offense, I guess we'll start obviously with Blake Corum. It's a a Michigan offense. It's interesting, I think, in the way that they run the ball. They average 4.4 yards per carry and only 123 rushing yards. Oh, no, holy cow. Looking at the wrong things. (laughs) Yeah. They average 4.3 yards per carry, but 160 a game on the ground. Um, They're a team that I would say, like, I think efficiency people love Michigan in the way they run the ball. Um, Blake Horn's averaging, like, just under five yards a pop. Um, he might not be as explosive as he was last year, but he's a guy that just continually puts Michigan in second and medium, third and short, able to move the sticks with relative ease. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess that's just one thing that stands out. Washington, I feel like at times, um, 
is able to bottle tailbacks up for gains of not a lot, but not necessarily negative plays. And, and that feels like something that is nerve wracking as a Husky fan to me is Michigan potentially just having like third and two, third and one, like even like fourth and one, and just being able to sustain these like 13, 14 play drives where they continue to move the sticks Plus, even, on the ground. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I completely agree with you there. I think, but I will say this, you know, I think a lot of Husky fans, something I've heard this week too, is, you know, gosh, we didn't look good against the run against Texas. Um, you know, they were running the ball very well. Um, but I think this is a matchup where Michigan's not going to spread you out. They're going to come right at you. Mm-hmm. And I think that plays into Washington's favor a little bit in terms of, you know, scheme schematically, where Texas mm-hmm. is, you know, they're going to spread you out. They're really versatile. They got weapons on the outside. You know, the only we- the Michigan leveling the tight end and then uh, Roman Wilson, the receiver, all the only two weapons really they look at um, when going through the air. So I think Washington's going to be able to, you know, really play the gaps in, in, in the offensive line and really focus on that run uh, and the run stuffing. And I think that could play to their strength as opposed to, um, you know, being, you know, being nervous about how they're going to spread you out and move the ball vertically. Uh, that That's just not what they do. So I think that plays into Washington's strength. And I'm interested to see kind of how William Inge and Chuck Morrell attack that because they are a physical team. They're going to go, they're going to try and punch you in the mouth and Washington, if you're able to get a couple stops, kind of like we said, you know, you're able to try, like get, get those, you're able to get that this team into third and four instead of third and two, third and one, this can be big. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Roman Wilson. I think in a way, like I, I was thinking about this, it's in my prediction of dogman.com. But offensively, Michigan reminds me it, with their ability to throw the ball. It, but I think they're similar to Texas. They have a speedster in Roman Wilson. They have a big target in Cornelius Johnson. And then a dynamic tight end in Colston Loveland. I do think that maybe the difference is the difference in Cornelius Johnson versus A.D. Mitchell. Um, but I think, I don't know. I mean, it's crazy to say because... J.J. McCarthy, I mean, I think every time I look at J.J. McCarthy's numbers, I'm surprised by, like, wow, uh-huh. he's actually pretty darn good. <laughs> you know, like, uh, averaging nearly 10 yards an attempt, um, has only thrown four interceptions, um, very efficient. But I think that Jabbar Muhammad has really emerged. I'll continue to kind of go back to that as someone who can lock up a side of the field. I like that matchup against Roman Wilson the way that I liked it against Xavier Worthy, and we turned out to be right about that. Um, and then... Uh, again, Elijah Jackson comes up with the play of his career. Um, he got burned once by Xavier Worthy, and then A.D. Mitchell got him on a jump ball, but then he had the final laugh. Um, him and Cornelius Johnson, again, I think that, like, I, I feel that E.J. will continue to rise to the occasion, and that was a big confidence shot in the arm. Um, where Texas was really able to gash, I feel like, was really just end-of-half situations where the Huskies are in prevent, yep. you know. So, and it's just tough. It, that's kind of what happens when you have to be in that sort of a situation, right? Um, but I think, like, I don't know. JJ's been super efficient, but you've got to think, like you said, the Huskies are going to try to meet Michigan at the point of attack. Michigan wants to come right at Washington. Washington will want to answer the bell, and then it's going to be, like, opportunities for JJ maybe to beat the Huskies over the top or across the middle. Exactly, and I think that's kind of why you want to be ahead in this game because – there hasn't been a time this year, really, outside of that final drive where he, against Alabama, where he did look fantastic. That Michigan has had to, you know, rely on them getting mm-hmm. down the field. 
quick through the air. It, they've just, like we've said, they're that bow constrictor team. And so if you're able to put them in situations where they're probably a little uncomfortable throwing the ball constantly, um, yeah. that, that could prove well. Certainly. This is another thing. And maybe I just, I keep, I feel like I'm using this as an outlet to dump all the things that make me feel like Washington yeah. <laughs> could win this game. But Michigan, um, the way that, like, the tempo of their offense, the way that they play, all those sorts of things, I don't picture just getting out and running away with it. You know, no. I think Washington, and Washington is explosive enough that I feel like they'll be able to stay within striking distance. Yep. But I do think, like you said, if Washington is able, whether it's they start with the ball and script together an amazing first drive where they punch it in, or if they're able to get a stop and then answer with a score on their first drive, mm -hmm. I think that, like, obviously – Watch people. Have, I've heard people say online. I, I just see more game simulations or situations in which Michigan wins this game. I think that the situations where Washington wins start with them leading early. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I agree. I agree too. And uh, gosh, I mean, there's just so many thoughts just running through the head right now too. Just, just about to get. It's just crazy and surreal. And going going to be there too, which is just. I know. You know I'm jealous even crazier but I think I think the turnover battle kind of I think that turnover battle and you know being able to stay in striking distance where you know you've built up your whole year you know your whole resume your whole um your whole resume and your whole theme has been being in these close games and pulling these close games out and Washington's better tested than anybody in the country to do to do this so mm -hmm. you, you know it's going to be a close game too just by the styles that both teams play you know Washington's able to score the ball well Michigan just slows everything down, but they find a way to get it done. Certainly. Close. Special teams, I think, are key too. Both teams made mistakes in their uh in their in their New Year Six Bowl wins, but uh you, you gotta be able to make you know make field goals that are gonna get you points. You gotta be able to take care of the ball and you gotta be able to make a couple big plays, kickoff coverage, whatever it might be. And I think I think that's huge too, actually, Luke. Thinking about it now, you know, if you're able to get a couple big um, kickoff coverages where you know Michigan starting from their own fifteen to twenty instead of their own twenty five to thirty five. That's gonna that's gonna help out a lot. Yeah, yeah. Washington. It was really the first time last week that I felt Washington got beat on kickoff coverage. Yeah, I agree. Um, all season long, they've been ridiculous in that category. So, oh, it looks like we're running out a little bit of time. Jack, does it see? Oh no, we got ten minutes <laughs> according to Zoom. So, um. Nevertheless, there's one more thing I wanted to mention. This is kind of switching back to the offensive side, but the Huskies, it, it was only three times, and one of them was a scramble. But the Washington Huskies actually, they dialed up two sort of run plays for Michael Penix. I know one was an inverted veer. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what the other one was. Um, obviously, he looks healthy. You think that's something that the Huskies go back to? I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to run for 50 yards or even more than three times, but is that something that, like, do you think they just saw something specifically against Texas and wanted to try to, uh, like, exploit, I don't know, whether it's isolate one of those bigger guys and make them choose between Dylan Johnson or Michael Penix, or do you think that they feel that Michael is healthy and it's out to the point of the season where it's like we're willing to let him put his body on the line for a few extra? I think, I think, I think a little bit of that and then also just be like, hey, we're going to Texas got beat on some deep balls earlier. They probably yeah. saw some coverage where they're probably playing a little bit on their heels thinking if yeah. you play, go send your wide receivers deep. 
the yeah. linebacker follow and trail, and then boom, that leaves the middle of the field open for a guy like Michael, who who can get it done, who has enough yeah. speed to get it done, um, run for a first down and a couple more. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, bet to bark. I I, will, I do want to say this. Last week, unfortunately, we did our pod too late for it to be posted. But Jack, do you remember who my defensive bet to bark was? Elijah Jackson, I believe. It was Elijah Jackson. I thought so about that remember? right after the game. That was one of the first things I thought about. <laughs> I just want just want the world to know that. Um, but uh, Jack, I'll let you kick it off. You can choose the side of the ball you want to go with. But I'll pick offense first. I'm gonna I'm gonna go steal one of Luke's classics, bet to bark. <laughs> you can steal the same thing too. We might have the same one. I think it's the offensive line. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if they're able to keep Penix upright, they're able to give him time. You're able to get some running lanes. I think this is the this is the group that controls the game, man. Yeah, I love that. Uh, that was one of the ones that was definitely in my head to pick. I picked him last week, and I've picked him a couple times throughout the season, and I really like that call. This one may be basic, but – like, I don't know if you've gone and listened to on the Go Huskies podcast, uh, Tony's top 23 moments from the 2023 season. If you haven't, it's awesome. But there's one guy, I mean, obviously there's, well, there's two guys that keep showing up throughout that entire episode. Um, obviously Michael Penix goes without saying, but then Roma Dunze, I feel like is always on the receiving end of big moments in a national title win. There are bound to be big moments so I like Roma Dunze as my bet to bark um, coming up with a crucial catch or touchdown late in the game. Yeah. I mean, can't go wrong in Rome, right? Yeah. Um, no, you can't. In exact, if he has a big game too, I think it's going to open up a lot of things for the other receivers as well. You're going to mm-hmm. start moving some people over him, shading over there a little bit. I think that's great. Defensively, I'm going to go with Tuli Nasanoa. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's a name that might have came to your mind as well. Certainly. I was battling between him and Edifuan Ulafosio. <laughs> but I think I say that. I'll let you finish your explanation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I just think I just think, gosh, you know, this is a team that's gonna run the ball hard. They're gonna run the ball, they're gonna run the ball at you. And if you're able to clog, like we said, you're able to clog up some running lanes. Blake Corum goes for three instead of five on second down. That that could make the difference, you know. Those mm-hmm. are the kind of things that really are going to really matter in this game. And so I, I think Thule has to have his best game as a Husky. Absolutely. Today. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you said you were choosing between Thule and Eddie because I was too. So I'll go Eddie. Um, but like you said, I mean, I think Thule's the guy who uh, holds and pushes back the line and you need someone to come up and clean it up. So I think yep. I'm exactly. worth 10 tackles from Eddie, a couple in the backfield. Um and I think that that I think that he will be a tone setter for Washington. And also, I mean, it's so many people's final game, but he's a guy that's been around the program forever, and uh, I think wants to leave his legacy uh, in a big way. Yeah, plays with a lot of heart, plays with a lot of energy. This is this is the game, man, where the, you can see him having a huge impact in what he's doing. And now we're heading over, I guess, to confidence interval. Now, Luke, I'll let you kick us off here. National championship. Yeah. Confidence interval. We're here. If case you haven't heard, the Washington Huskies are in the national championship. What's your confidence <laughs> interval for bringing the trophy back? Uh, mine is, gosh, I'm going back and forth between five and a half and 5.75. I think just to, um, just to scale it back and like give the kind of just with like the harrowing thought that it is the national championship, I'll go five and a half. I mean, I think 
Um, it's hard to bet against the Huskies. They just they find a way to get it done week in and week out. Uh, another thing I will mention, Kalen DeBoer is a championship winner. <laughs> um, and like I think that he uh, – I don't know. I, I just think it's awesome to watch the way that he conducts himself in these settings. He has a ton of composure. I think the team will be very composed and have, um, I don't know, just like a healthy, very serious – um, but calm mindset, I guess. And I think that that will go a long way. Jack, what's yours? Yeah, I literally, you took all the words right out of my mouth, including the confidence interval, 5.5. Uh, I, it's the national championship game. You're going to be nervous. Both teams are here for a reason. Both teams are the two best teams in the country for a reason. Um, but I, I think Washington, they, they like we said, we've talked about it. They just find a way to get things done in these big games. And, you know, like you said about DeBoer, He's just a winner, man, and winners win. That's just what they do, and he knows how to do that almost better than anybody in the country at this point, I'll say. Um, I think he's, like you said, he's so calm and composed, and I think that translates over really well to a team. And I also, a team that feels, this team has nothing to lose, too. Their back, their backs aren't against the wall. They are just, they're, they're, they're just ready to go out there and play, I think. They're not... Um, I don't feel like they should feel any types of pressure necessarily too, because the route, the reality is they weren't supposed to be here. Um, they're the underdogs. They they're playing with house money. So let them ride, let them loose. And I think, you know, if, and I think that starts with Penix and DeBoer. If both of those guys are feeling good. I think Washington has a good shot of winning this game. Absolutely. Really excited for what lays ahead of the Huskies. Um, huge opportunity and, there will be no better place to find your coverage than dogman.com. Uh, so bookmark it in your Chrome browser. Go dogs. Or Safari or Firefox, whatever it might be. <laughs> or Microsoft Edge. Who knows? But yeah, go dogs. Plan for the natty, man. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present... A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.